Joe Douglas is under some pressure in 2022. We'll talk about why on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. And today our episode is brought to you by GetUpside. Download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen or your first watch every day. The show is now free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, so you can watch this podcast each day as it is posted. If you like what you see or hear, subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. And if you're on YouTube, give this episode a thumbs up so other Jets fans can find this podcast. Well, my fellow Jets fans, I think Joe Douglas, the general manager of the team, is under a bit of pressure heading into the 2022 season for the first time in his tenure. Now, technically, this is going to be his fourth year on the job, but in reality, he was not able to begin right when he first got the job. He was hired after the offseason was really over in 2019. Now, he made a few moves. He signed Ryan Khalil. He made a few trades involving late-round picks, but he was not really able to get to work until the following year. And you could argue he was not even really to, able to make this his own team until 2021. But I think 2022 is a different story. I think Douglas is under a degree of pressure. Now, that does not mean he enters the season on the hot seat. It does not mean he needs to make the Super Bowl this season as the Cincinnati Bengals did. Of course, last year, the Bengals jumped from being one of the worst teams in the NFL and now are playing for the championship on Sunday. I'm not even sure Joe Douglas necessarily needs to make the playoffs to keep his job, but I think he's under some degree of pressure. And if the Jets don't succeed in 2022, he could enter 2023 on the hot seat, needing the playoffs or bust to make to keep his job. And I th also think there is a scenario where Joe Douglas does not survive 2022. I think if the Jets regress this next season and only win three games or less, or even if they win four, I think it's going to be difficult for Joe Douglas to survive. I think that there is no circumstance where the Jets can continue to be an uncompetitive football team and continue to stay with this current leadership. Listen, I think I've been pretty fair to Joe Douglas. I think I've pointed out the difficulties he's had on the job, but it's time to start getting results. It's time to start producing. It's time to start beginning to see tangible progress. These things are important. Patience is important, but patience doesn't last forever. And on today's show, I'm going to talk about the reasons that I think Joe Douglas should be under some pressure to produce in 2022. Now, the first reason is kind of simple. The limitations he inherited when he took this job are gone. And listen, he was in a difficult spot in 2019 when he got this job. He famously held out for a six-year contract, and I think we've seen why he did that. Because that first year, I mentioned it, you really couldn't do anything. But it goes beyond that. The Jets made the general manager change at a very odd time in 2019. Now, I've heard people mention that, well, sometimes teams change general managers after the draft. That's true, but they don't usually do it the way the Jets did, 
where the old general manager is allowed to run a very, very consequential offseason, essentially reshape the roster as he sees fit, and then gets fired. And then the owner says, you know what, we're heading in the wrong direction after he spent all this money to completely overhaul the roster. That's when we make the change. You see it from time to time. Maybe a team makes an internal hire. They decide to move on. Maybe the team's not that active in the offseason. Very rare to see a team spend $100 million in guaranteed contracts and then say, this general manager doesn't know what he's doing. And I, don't, I do not want to relitigate that because I was irritated enough at the time when it happened. But very different circumstance than your typical team making a change at that time of year. But it also was consequential for Joe Douglas because he walked onto the job and his roster was set not just for 2019, but also really for 2020, because the way the NFL works, when you give out a lot of big multi-year contracts, one offseason, you're kind of stuck with them till the next year. Most big contracts in the NFL that go in free agency, they tend to require you to keep the player for at least two seasons. So Douglas kind of was limited even in his first real offseason. 2019 was not his first real year. I know he made the Khalil signing. I know he made a few trades involving late round picks. He added a few other guys. 2020 was really his first true offseason. And even then, he was kind of limited. And the Jets entered 2020 with about 20% of their cap space used up on dead money. And if you're not familiar with dead money, if you cut a player, sometimes he still counts against the cap. And the worse the contract is, the more dead money there is. Jets, about 20% 20 of their cap space in 2020 was due to dead money. Guys who were no longer on the team who just were not producing. And there was more dead money than you'd think even in 2021. Guys like Trumaine Johnson still counted against the cap as far as dead money went. So Joe Douglas had a difficult job. Now, to be fair, I think you can say 2020 was his first real year, even though he did not have much maneuverability. There are plenty of GMs who get hired into a similar situation where there's not much talent, where the cap space is not very good. So to be fair, I don't think you could just totally dismiss 2020. And Joe Douglas did have a draft class that year, but he also inherited a roster with pretty much no talent, no young talent, no talent in its prime. So essentially, he had to overhaul this entire thing. It wasn't just about getting the team's cap situation in order, which took two years. It's also about building a base of talent. And when you don't have any young talent to build around, when you really don't have a young core, and the amazing thing is, as bad as things looked in 2019 when Douglas took over, in reality, they were kind of worse because at the time he took over, he thought Sam Darnold was a legitimate starting quarterback, as did many of us. And there were a number of players on this roster who maybe looked more intriguing than they really were in 2019 when Joe Douglas took over. And as we saw, the Mike McCagden drafts really ended up producing nothing for this team. The Jets got very minuscule production out of anybody. And the guy who was the one elite player on the roster, Jamal Adams, kind of forced his way out of town shortly after Douglas took over. So he essentially had to begin from square one. Well, I think you could say now that those limitations are gone. He's had plenty of time to get the cap situation in order. He's began to, he's begun to build the team. He saw fit. The McCagnan guys are gone. The dead money is pretty much all gone now. There's no more no more of these McCagnan contracts. And Douglas has had an opportunity to add some draft classes. So there are no more limitations. The limitations he had when he took this job are now gone. And that means he's got to be accountable for the results. I don't put 2020 on Joe Douglas. I don't think that's fair. But now 2022 absolutely is fair. And he's added, again, 2021 was kind of, I think, square one. 
building the roster up a little bit. I'm going to be patient, even though I think four wins was not good enough. 2022, we got to see vast improvement. But that's not the only reason that I think there should be pressure on Joe Douglas entering this next season. Because beyond the limitations being gone, this is now officially his team. And I don't think there's any question about that. We'll talk about that ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday. Of course, the big game is almost here. Super Bowl 56 between the Rams and the Bengals. And Bet Online has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the big game. Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this offseason. And it's not just football. Bet Online is up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, and UFC, along with live, real time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season at Bet Online, where the game starts. Joe Douglas is looking to rebuild the Jets roster with players who have upside. And I want to tell you about the Get Upside app. It's an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. And use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars or $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN using the GetUpside app. Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen or your first watch every day as we are now on YouTube. So you can watch this podcast as it's posted every day, Monday through Friday. We talk about the New York Jets. And today I'm talking about why I think there's pressure on Joe Douglas in the 2022 season. Through his first few years, I think he's dealt with fairly little criticism. He was hired at the end of the offseason in 2019, so he really could not build that team. But beyond that, I think one of the best things that happened to Joe Douglas is he inherited a team with Adam Gase as his head coach because when the team was bad those first couple of years, Gase was the guy who took all the criticism. And not unfairly, I would say. I think Gase did plenty to earn the criticism he received for the team's performance. But now I think all eyes have to be on Joe Douglas as he enters technically his fourth year, in reality his third, and the second where the Jets are building. Now, I, I'd, I go back to what I said last segment. He can't dismiss 2020. It's his third year. Plenty of GMs inherit bad situations. So let, let's call it his third year. But with that in mind, this is now Joe Douglas's team. You look through this roster, there are really only two players of significance who Joe Douglas is not responsible for being here. Those are C.J. Mosley and Quinn and Williams. Williams was Mike McCagnan's final first-round pick. Mosley was a big contract McCagnan gave, gave out that the Jets have not been able to get out of yet for cap reasons. Mosley's going to be here one more year, and then I think something's going to have to give with his contract. But aside from that, you look across this roster, every player is either somebody Joe Douglas drafted somebody Joe Douglas signed, or somebody Joe Douglas gave a contract extension to. So even the players he inherited from Mike McCagnan, who are still here, with the exceptions that I, that I named, Joe Douglas decided to keep them by giving them a contract extension. So 
he can't look anywhere else right now. You know, I talked about how bad the roster was when he inherited it. Well, now this is Joe Douglas's roster. Now he owns the results. As bad as Mike McCagnan was, there comes a point where you can't keep blaming McCagnan for what's wrong here. And that's true of every GM. Listen, it was true of McCagnan. Early in his tenure, there was a lot you could blame on John Idzik. We got to a certain point, though, where Idzik ceased to be responsible for the, the results. Now, I think Idzik maintained some degree of responsibility because his poor drafting resonated through the years. And on some level, McCagnan will be to blame if the Jets don't succeed because his poor drafting comprised players who should be on their second contracts with the Jets in the prime of their careers. But you know something? You got to work around that. That's the reason you got the job was to fix that if you're Joe Douglas. And beyond that, what I would say is we're past the point where the team can be really bad. You know, even last year when Joe Douglas had kind of turned over the roster, there still there still was a lot to build. So you have to begin. You have to get starting level players. Your first couple draft classes, you're not expecting all that much in year one. You know, you need a couple of years of class, draft classes to really build the talent level up the way you're expecting. Well, heading into 2022, we're going to have three full draft classes of Joe Douglas players. The first class is entering year three, where these guys should really be ready to take off and. That's looking a little shaky, if we're going to be honest. Now, there's still time for it. You know, Mackay Becton comes back next year and solidifies the left tackle position. That class is not looking so terrible. I'm not saying it's looking great. And even at the time, I really questioned some of those third and fourth round picks. I did not think the Jets got great value in those rounds when there was talent available, especially at the wide receiver position. And Denzel Mims, I've kind of given up on him as much as I love the pick at the time. But if Mackay Becton comes back and plays as well as you're hoping, and you got Bryce Hall in the fifth round, all right, two starters, you know, Braden Mann, we'll see what we get, you get out of him. Two, but if Mann punts well next year, all right, two starters and a role player. And please don't tell me punter's a starter. Please don't. Let's not go down that road. But that's still salvageable. It's not looking great right now. It may end up being terrible. If Becton gives you nothing and Mann continues to punt poorly and all you got was one corner, that's not very good. 2021 class is looking decent. I got to be honest with you. I think I think Douglas's 2021 class gives me some hope. I think there there was a tweet put out a few weeks ago. I think it was by Connor Hughes, the beat writer at the Athletic, and he mentioned he said that if Joe Douglas drafts this year the way he did in 2020, he's going to get fired. If he drafts the way he did in 2021, the Jets are going to be in the playoffs. And you have to remember, the Jets have a lot of draft capital this year. They have four of the top 40 picks. And even though I tend to be very pessimistic about what rookies are going to produce, or maybe that's not pessimism is not the right word, but I tend to want to keep my expectations low because it's a big transition with four of the top 40 rookies. Even if you're not expecting any individual player to go out there and be great, I think four of the top 40 picks, it's reasonable to expect some contribution from the rookie class. And then you also have cap space this year. And beyond that, you have guys coming back. You have Carl Lawson coming back. I know people are not big Corey Davis fans, but Corey Davis is better than the alternatives for the Jets. He's better than their backups. And even though you never know what's going to happen on the injury front, the Jets have been so banged up the last few years that it's almost like at some point the law of averages has to work out for them, that they have to have a year where they have at least average injury luck because they've been such bad injury luck the last few years. And I know the natural thing to do would be to look at the trainer and blame the training staff, but Jets have tra changed training staffs. So at some point, you would have to expect you're going to get a little bit luckier as far as injuries go. So all of this is to say, 
I think the excuses are kind of running out for Joe Douglas. This is completely his team. You're going to see a Douglas roster. He's had plenty of time to build up the depth, plenty of time to bring in impact talent. I don't think it's unreasonable to expect a competitive football team. I don't think it's unreasonable to expect a team that's competing for the playoffs late into the season. And listen, I don't love that the expectation is we're playing meaningful games in, in December. I think at some point you'd like to get past that. At some point you'd like to dream a little bit bigger. Say we need to make the playoffs. Go beyond that. Say we want to be competing for a championship. I'm still trying to keep expectations reasonable for Joe Douglas. But at some point you can't say it's acceptable to be at the bottom of the league. At some point, this guy who came in with so much fanfare, and he really did, it was almost universally acclaimed when the Jets hired Joe Douglas, which was not true of past general managers. Now, for McCagnan and Idzik, it was not all negative. There were people who were very optimistic about them, but there were also people who kind of questioned the decision to hire both of them, if you read what was said in the media at the time. Joe Douglas came with as much fanfare as I can remember since the Colts hired Chris Ballard. He was that respected in the NFL. Now, it doesn't always work out. When Scott Pioli was hired by the Kansas City Chiefs in 2009, there were some it – was, it was viewed as a slam dunk because Pioli had helped build the Patriots. He was Bill Belichick's right-hand man and as far as personnel goes. Oh, that was Bill Parcells' son-in-law. And it really did not work out in Kansas City. So getting all this hype does not necessarily mean you're going to have success. But Joe Douglas came in with so much fanfare. He's had three years now team's got to be competitive. I don't think that's a lot to ask. But there's one more reason that 2022 is important for Joe Douglas, and it's not about the whole team. It's about one specific player. I'll talk about that here on the Locked On Jets podcast. If you find yourself needing to fix your car the way Joe needs to fix the Jets, go to rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, and with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer, and Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday, talking about why Joe Douglas is under some pressure in 2022. Look, we're past the point where four wins and being at the bottom of the league is acceptable for the New York Jets. And I think that a big reason that should be obvious that sometimes we kind of forget, is Zach Wilson. Joe Douglas has his hand-picked quarterback. Beyond this being Joe Douglas's team, with him having brought in or re-signed every, almost every key player on the roster, he's got his hand-picked quarterback. And if we're going to be honest, I don't think Zach Wilson had the year we were looking for in 2021. Now, with the quarterback, there was always the question, is the problem the quarterback? Is the problem the supporting cast? Or is it both? And that's a very relevant question. And it's an important question to answer as far as the quarterback goes when you're evaluating whether you should continue with a quarterback or move on. But the thing is, with the general manager, it doesn't really matter because the general manager is responsible for all of these things. So if Zach Wilson goes out there and has a great 2022, Jets are probably going to have a successful year. Joe Douglas is probably going to be the guy we're pretty happy with. 
Zach Wilson doesn't have a great 2022, though, if Zach Wilson doesn't really look like he's making progress. And listen, I'm not saying it's going to happen, so don't send me your hate mail. I'm rooting for Zach. I hope Zach does well. Not saying it's going to happen. I'm just throwing it out there hypothetically to explain why I think Joe is under some pressure. But if Zach doesn't have a great 2022, well, what are the options? Because maybe it's because Zach's not the quarterback we were hoping for. Well, that's kind of on Joe. Joe picked Zach. Is it because Zach doesn't have the right supporting cast? The, the team around him is not that good? Well, again, that's on Joe. So no matter what happens, if Zach doesn't have the kind of season we're looking for, there's no real excuse for Joe. And that's what it comes down to. And honestly, in the NFL, that's not that unusual. We don't talk about it that much. But at the end of the day, there's a very high correlation between the general man- manager's job security and the performance of the young quarterback. And in many cases, when you draft a quarterback early, you're kind of staking your job on him. Listen, it's not a direct one-to-one correlation. There are scenarios where Zach Wilson can look like a legitimate franchise quarterback and Joe just has not supplied the pieces necessary to build the Jets into a winner. I guess, and this is unlikely, it is plausible that Zach can maybe not be the quarterback we're hoping for, but Joe does a good enough job with the rest of the team that you can live with it and you give him a chance to pick another quarterback again. I think that that's kind of unlikely, but in all honesty, if Zach Wilson succeeds, Joe Douglas is probably going to be a long-term general manager for the Jets. If Zach does not succeed, well, we're probably going to be looking for a new general manager in the next year or two. That's just how it goes. The quarterback position is really important in the NFL. As much as we talk about this other stuff, as much as you can talk about the value you get in trades, drafting other players, you know, your late round picks, these are all important. These all matter. Free agent signings. Nothing's more important in the NFL than getting quarterback right. And I think that year two, we're going to have a much better idea of whether Zach Wilson's the guy after this coming season. And if Zach's the guy, pretty good chance Joe's the guy. If Zach's not, pretty good chance Joe's not the guy. And we may be looking for a new general manager sooner rather than later. But I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm hoping it's not going to happen. I have hopes for Zach. I have hopes for Joe. But I don't think there's any question that there's some degree of pressure this coming season. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. If you like what you see or hear, subscribe to this show. And if you're on YouTube, give this episode a thumbs up. It'll help other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and send in your mailbag questions. Tomorrow is our weekly mailbag.